Hey friend, if you love writing like I do, you probably have heard of the five W's and the H. Today, instead of speaking about writing, we are speaking about reading, reading the Bible in a year. Stay tuned. Let's go. Welcome to the Simple Cynthia podcast. I am Cynthia Lissenby and I blog at www.simplecynthia.com. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. So um, I have had the habit of reading the Bible in a year for the past six years. And just to give you a background, if you haven't met me yet, I've been a Christian for a long, long time. I have always loved the Bible. I have always read the Bible. I want to say that before I started reading the Bible in a year as a habit, I read the Bible before, but never consecutively. Like I would pick up a book here and there. I would do studies. And that's how I got it done. Growing up, I used to see my sister reading the Bible in a year, my grandmothers, uh, my dad, uncles, even my sister would read the Bible in a year. And to be very honest with you, I would look at how thick my grandmother's Bible was. And I was just like, uh, no, thank you very much. I'll just stick with whatever they tell me to do in Sunday school and in worship. But as I grew up, I was surrounded by people who not only loved the Bible, but they showed their commitment by reading it in a year. And um, I went to a retreat with a group of friends and a couple of them was, were reading the Bible in a year. So I was uh, up early as I usually am, drinking coffee, reading my Bible myself. And then I watched them do the Bible reading in a year. And it took them between 10 or 15 minutes. And I saw that and I said, oh, I can totally do that. For some reason for me, it took, you know, the visual of actually seeing somebody doing it. And obviously I had seen people reading the Bible in a year before, which was uh, my folks. But somehow in 2003, actually 2013, um, that visual kind of sealed the deal for me. So I've been doing it ever since. So I wanted to give you the five W's in the age of why, you know, how, where, when you should read the Bible in a year. So let's start with who? You. You are a person who loves God and who loves Jesus, and you have never really done this before, reading the Bible in a year. And of course, the what is the Bible, which is the Word of God, and why? Why should anybody, you know, read the Bible in a year? And personally, for growth reasons, you want to grow. Um, I personally believe that a Christian should know the Bible for themselves. Like, you should know what's in there for yourself. I never read the Bible in order to be a scholar, although I respect scholars. I don't read the Bible to be a theologian, although I respect them. I don't read the Bible to be a minister. I have a lot of them in my family. I respect what they do. I read the Bible to get to know God. I honestly started to read the Bible because I want my life to make sense. And ultimately, because I want to know the God of the Bible more. Um, I had this conversation with a friend on my way to work one time and we were just talking about issues and I said you know I can give you another band-aid or we can fix this by uh you know you deciding to read the bible for yourself so you can get to know God for yourself because like all your answers are going to be there so she took me up on it and her life has changed I know my life has changed as well so let's go on so that was the why so let's go on to how how do you read the bible in a year um, most people have a Bible available in their homes, so you can actually use the Bible as like the 
printed book itself, or you can use an app. If you go to a Christian bookstore, they might sell the one-year Bible where there's like January 1st, January 2nd. I've done it that way. It's super easy to follow through. I've used my Bible itself, which is what I'm trying to do this year. And I have used apps. There are many apps, many ways to read the Bible in a year. So you need to find something that works for you. Here's my advice. If you are a first timer, find a plan that will give you Old Testament, New Testament, and Proverbs. I don't want you to get discouraged. Like if you are in the Old Testament, let's say the book of Job for 15 chapters for 30 days, and I'm exaggerating. That might not happen to you. But if you get a little bit of Old Testament, New Testament, and like Psalms and Proverbs, I think you'll be fine for a first timer. If you decide I am my own person and I want you to do it chronologically, go for it. But I honestly, like for your first time, go for Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs. I think you will, um, you will just enhance your reading a little bit more. So when? When should you read the Bible in a year? It depends on you. But whatever you choose, you have to stick with that time, okay? Um, good habit formation requires you to do something over and over um, at the same time. And you and I know that there will be days when you are not going to wake up at 5.30 a.m. and complete your uh, reading for one reason or another. But try to stick with the same time of day if you can, okay? I've read it in the morning. I have a mentor of mine who tells me, hey, Reading before you go to sleep is the best because your mindset is going to be different, you know, and I have read it during lunchtime at work. So whatever you choose, try to stick with one time. Let's also talk about when um, those busy times in life happen. I've had that happen more than once. Uh, you and I are not robots. Life happens. And sometimes you get late, like in your Bible reading. I remember one year. I was co-teaching a Bible study and I had to stop my Bible reading because I had to dive really deep. I was learning so many things. I was studying a different book. So I just basically stopped for a couple of days and a couple as in like, it was more like three weeks, you know, and then um, I just kept going. So what I did was I just kept going from where I were and then I was kind of reading back and then I was able to finish it. Another thing that happened to me before, um, I don't know if you know me very well, in later on in this program, we're going to talk about uh, the marathon. But life for me starts after I cross the finish line of, the, of my January marathon. So that's when I start like reading the Bible in a year. Like in the past, I've done that. This year, I'm just going to start January 1st. Um, but I was able to kind of start late and finish on time. So I'm here to tell you that there will be barriers you get late, but you can still do this. Okay. So where, where should you read your Bible? Also it depends on you. Um, I try to read it at home. If I have downtime, I like to read it there as well. Um, again, I told you when I was uh, an intern in Florida, many, many moons ago, I used to read it at lunchtime. So just make sure that you stick with the habit. Okay. So those are the five W's and the H of reading the Bible in a year. So I'm telling you all of this to encourage you to read the Bible with me in 2020. If you want to start now, like go ahead and do it. If not, you want to wait like January 1st. I just want to plant that little seed 
um, in your heart and it would change your life because everything that the word of God touches, it changes. So I'm encouraging you to let the word of God change you. We'll be right back after this. Did you know I have a newsletter? It is a happy note. It is a note from a friend with some encouragement, a challenge, and also some inspiration for your week. All you have to do in order to be a subscriber is to go to www.simplesignature.com, look in the right column and sign up. I would love to be the person greeting you each Saturday in your inbox. Sign up today. Hey friends, I'm back. So here are a few tips to make this end of the year super duper enjoyable. Schedule your priorities. You have to schedule your priorities because time doesn't slow down for anybody. It is my opinion that your health should be your priority. So make sure that you schedule the times when you're going to exercise. Schedule times to actually prepare your food so that you have the healthy food to eat and enjoy better health this end of the year. Okay, just because last year was crazy busy, it doesn't mean you have to repeat the same thing again this year. Remember, you're an adult. You make your own schedule. You have the power to change your life by scheduling your priorities. Peace is the end goal. When you schedule your priorities, when you take care of your health, when you take care of your spiritual life, because, you know, I'm expecting you to read the Bible in a year, so you ideally will have that done, right? So you're going to be a more peaceful person. So schedule your priorities. A productivity tip for the end of the year, if like me, you have a lot of decluttering to do. And in my case, we recently moved and I am so close of being completely unpacked. Um, work in 45-minute clusters. Um, I've been doing this for years and it works. What I do is I set my alarm clock on my phone for 45 minutes. And before I do that, I make sure that I have everything I need. I have water, I have something to listen to, I have trash bags, and I just go to work for 45 minutes. I get a lot accomplished. That there's a lot of good return for what I'm doing. And I also reward myself at the end of this 45 minutes with 15 minutes to do whatever I like to do. So if you have like something major to do, I actually use this also with my own business. Like I do translations and it takes hours and hours and hours. Like I work in 45 minute clusters and I get a lot done. So give that a try. If you want to take a deeper dive into what I think about organization, check out my book on Amazon is on Kindle. Um, just look for me. It's Essentia Listen Bee. And the name of the book is Transitioning from Stay-at-Home Mom to Working Mom. And I speak a little bit more about my 45-minute solution to organization there. Last but not least, let me give you an update on my fitness. From today, we have 68 days until Marathon Day. I've been training for a marathon since July. Our uh, running group, which I used to belong to before I moved, and I, I'm still part of them, you know, let's just be honest. Um, I'm still part of the team. So we do a couch to whatever distance of your choice. So we've been building our base since July. And from today, we have 68 days. In East Texas, where I live, it is very cold. It is bitter. And it is windy. So <laughs> I'm learning all over again what it means to run in the cold. So here are some things that I do personally. I don't complain. 
I might joke about how cold it is. I might tell my friends, hey, look at the temperature, you know, haha. But I don't complain because I remember the summer and I remember how humid it was. And I remember how we were like, are we crazy? What are we doing? It's so hot. I can't wait for it to get cold. Well, it got cold. So I don't complain. And honestly, complaining doesn't help us in any way, shape or form. So complaining actually hurts your running performance. So I don't complain. Number two, I dress appropriately. I dress in layers. And if I find out after mile two or three that I'm hot, I just kind of, you know, start uh, peeling off the layers. But I dress appropriately. I make sure that I have my gloves. I cover my ears. I can stand when my ears are cold and compression socks. Yeah, when it's a certain temperature, I just go layer stuff with compression socks and we just run and run just right back to our car. And then uh, last but not least, we stick with the plan. It is so easy to decide that I want to stay home in my warm bed, drinking coffee and not following the plan. But that's not who we are. Like we signed up for a marathon. We are runners and we decided that we are going to get to the finish line and we're going to do our best. So in order for me to do my best, I have to run in the coldest days of the year. And I'm not uh, saying we're going to be irresponsible and we're going to just like slide our cars into, you know, the start of our run, but just practice that wisdom and responsibility and stick with the plan. I want to say most days the weather is decent. You know, most days we can hang in there and run. So um, that's what I'm telling myself. Don't complain, dress appropriately and stick with the plan in marathon day. We'll be here before we know it, 68 days from today. Uh, one thing that I'm going to do for my running group, and if you want me to uh, share the joy here in the podcast, you'll let me know, is we're going to do a 26 days to 26.2, just a bunch of uh, tips to get everybody ready and excited about running the marathon. This will be marathon number six for me. I took a sabbatical and now I'm back. And I've learned a lot from my mistakes, which um, this is another like topic for another podcast, but this season's been blessed, it's been humbling. And this is the season that um, I was encouraging my friends, you know, back in, um, uh, in Houston to just do what we are called to do, which is to show up, do our best and just don't repeat last season. Like this is a whole new season. So it's been fantastic so far. And we are praying that we're going to finish strong. So we are looking really close to the finish line here. So this upcoming weekend, we are running uh, 25K, which is a little bit over 15 miles. And then we are going to stay on the 16, 17 mile range for a little while, do a 30K build up to 21 and then a state for madness time and then marathon uh, weekend will be here before we know it. So say a prayer for us that we'll stay healthy and strong, that we'll be encouraged and that we'll encourage other people as well. So this is it for the podcast for today. This is your friend, Sanctia. Thank you for listening. Send me a comment. Let me know if you're enjoying this podcast. See if you have questions, just write me at simplesanctia at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, my friend. And as always, my goal is to spread hope online one word at a time. Take care. Bye.